Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. side. That's what God says. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm almighty God. I'm always right. And you and I, as we talked about during the course of the election, we need to realize that God is neither black nor white, male nor female, Republican nor Democrat. He's almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, right? And we are because he has put his spirit inside us, if indeed We've come to know the Lord Jesus. We are His. We're His children. It's not wrong to associate with a nationality or a political party. That's a part of life. But those things should not define us or take too high of a priority in our lives. As Pastor Robert reminds us in today's message, our chief citizenship is in the kingdom of God. We are His children, and that should be what defines and guides our lives. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert with today's message. His love is the main thing. According to renowned sociologist and author Massimo Insovine, one Christian is killed for their faith every six minutes in our world today. One every six minutes dies for their faith. In 2016, more than 90,000 Christians were killed for following Jesus. In 2015, that number was even higher. It was 105,000 killed for their faith. Some of our Miami Beach police officers, they were walking, walking a bead, and, and I was just walking with them, and we were talking, and they, and they were talking about this. They were talking about the phenomena that's kind of a new thing in the Western world, that, that there is the persecution of Christians that's at, at least beginning to take place. And some people poo-poo that, you know, they want to say, ah, oh, that's, that's an exaggeration, that's not persecution. You know, it was interesting to hear these uh, relatively young police officers talking about it, and one of them was saying, you know, what are we going to, they were talking amongst themselves, you know, what are we going to do when all of a sudden our bosses, the people in authority over us, start telling us that we have to arrest people for preaching in public or, or whatever. You know, they were just kind of shaking their heads and viewing it as though it were inevitable in the United States of America, coming to the realization that we're moving in that direction, that we're not immune to it. I don't know if you saw it in the news, but there was a, a Calvary Chapel assistant pastor was arrested in California, I think maybe a year ago or, or a little more, because he had made it a regular outreach practice. He would go, he realized that the, the Department of Motor Vehicles, people applying for their driver's license, getting their license renewed, whatever, you know, they'd be standing in a long line outside first thing in the morning. So he would go there and just read the Bible out loud to the people standing in line. Just normal tone of voice, not, you know, and just looking to, you know, stir up conversation or, or interact with people or whatever. But if nothing else, you know, just reading the word of God out loud in public. 
and this police officer arrested him and took him to jail. And the officer claimed that the reason he arrested him is that he was shouting and harassing the people in line and you know, just causing a problem. And you, and you know what? Sometimes that happens. I've witnessed that Memorial Day weekend in South Beach. There's a group that comes every year with bullhorns and they're out there preaching the gospel and they're, and they're preaching the gospel. The things that they are saying are true, but they're causing problems with the way they go about it. There's one guy in particular this past year, he was just being antagonistic. And, and the, the police officers in a little bit of a conundrum because it's like, okay, free speech. And, you know, these things, you know, they're, they're not necessarily saying things that are, you know, it's like maybe we disagree with them, maybe we don't. But, but the guy's like trying to provoke arguments. He's trying to provoke conflict in the middle of, you know, 100,000 people, whatever. And, and law enforcement officers, you know, part of their, their, you know, part of what they're supposed to be doing is keep the peace, Right. Disturbing the peace is, is actually unlawful. So they're in this, they're dealing you know, with this conundrum. And I, and I walked over to one of the guys because he had been preaching with the bullhorn and he handed off to another guy. And I walked over to him and I said, you know, listen, I'm a pastor. I believe the Bible. What you're saying, I, I don't disagree with the things that you're saying, but why do you have to be so confrontational and argumentative about it? You're causing a problem for some of these police officers who themselves are brothers in Christ. And I saw his eyebrows go up. He hadn't even thought about the fact, maybe, maybe some of these cops are brothers in the Lord and I'm putting them in this position. But the persecution of Christians is even more common today than it was 2,000 years ago. By the way, the cop in, in California, the, the reason it came up in the news this week is that the judge actually watched video. There, there was video of the whole incident because the, the DMV had a camera outside, I think, was how they got the video, and the cop lied about the whole thing. The assistant pastor was doing just what he said. He was just out there in a kind of a normal tone of voice, no bullhorn even, just out there in a normal tone of voice reading the Bible to the people in line. And the cop told him he was arresting him because you can... You can Preach this stuff in your church, but these people are a captive audience. You're violating their rights, and it's not true. So the judge threw out the case and kind of reprimanded the police officer. But it doesn't always go that way. It doesn't always go that way. Today, persecution of Christians happens most commonly in areas where Islam is growing more dominant. But it also happens in areas where the cultural norm shifts to a rejection of biblical truth. Now, that's important for us to recognize because one of the things that, for me, it's just disheartening. You know, my wife and I have conversations all the time because one of her favorite expressions is something along the lines of God is not a Republican. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, here's why I agree with that. It's kind of like when at one point, you know, the armies of Israel were out, you know, and, and, and the angel of the Lord comes up and Joshua says, you know, are you with us or with our enemies? And the angel said, no, I'm here representing Almighty God, is basically what he said to him. He's like, I'm, I'm on my side. That's what God says. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm Almighty God. I'm always right. And you and I, as we talked about during the course of the election, we need to realize that God is neither black nor white, male nor female, Republican nor Democrat. He's Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, Right? And we are, because he has put his spirit inside us, if indeed we've come to know the Lord Jesus, we are his. We're his children. 
We're his possession. He paid for us with his own blood, right? Everybody tracking with me? We need to be the family of God, the children of God, the body of Christ, first and foremost. We can be proud of being Americans. We can be proud of our ethnicity. I get that. We can stand together, but first and foremost, we need to stand together at the cross as representatives of Jesus Christ. Because part of what we're talking about today, guys, is they're coming for us. Do you understand that? The enemies of the cross, the enemies of the gospel, they're coming for us. Well, how do I know that? I mean, that's, you know, you're getting weird on us, pastor? No, no, no. I'm, I'm teaching this chapter of the Bible. That's what I'm doing. As we look at it, this is what the Lord wants to say to us. You know, Smyrna, the focus of our study today, was the, one of the epicenters of Christian persecution 2,000 years ago. It was a beautiful city, a large, wealthy center of trade and of pagan worship on the famous Golden Street of Smyrna. There were temples for several pagan gods, but in 23 AD, just before Jesus began his public ministry in Israel, Smyrna had been given the so-called privilege of building the very first temple dedicated to the worship of the emperor of Rome. Caesar worship had begun. By the time John received this revelation on the island of Patmos, the emperor Domitian had made Caesar worship mandatory in the Roman Empire. You had to burn a little incense to Caesar once a year and get your certificate of compliance if you wanted to be a citizen in good standing in the Roman Empire. But those who knew and loved Jesus were refusing to do it. So they were being branded atheists and fed to the wild animals in the Roman arenas. Listen to what Jesus had to say to the Christians who were living in Smyrna. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Of the seven letters written by Jesus in the Revelation 5 contained some sort of rebuke. Thanks, Pastor Robert, for that informative and encouraging message from the book of Revelation. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at MainThingRadio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to tell you how you can partner with us to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow. Here's Tracy with the details. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the donate button. Thanks, Tracy. Any amount you're able to donate is greatly appreciated and useful. Another way you can support Main Thing Radio is through prayer. We're so grateful for those. 
please pray also for the people who, like you, are listening to this program. Pray that God will touch their hearts and lead them to himself. Thank you for praying, and thank you for listening today. Join Pastor Robert again to continue learning about the anticipated return of our Savior when we jump back into Revelation on the next edition of Main Thing Radio.